0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, March 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. All of Italy is now under lockdown in an effort to contain the coronavirus outbreak, while two of the world's largest medical research foundations are pouring millions of dollars in an effort to develop treatments for the disease. Plus, the European Union says it will work with Turkey on how to handle migrants at the Greek border. But first, U.S. stocks fell more than 7.5% on Monday, their worst day since December 2008. And the yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond tumbled to a record low of 0.318%. The FT's U.S. Markets editor, Jenna Blonde, will have more on the sell-off that was triggered by a crash in the price of oil. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day.
1: So we've already got a nervous market out there, and the oil price plunge just aggravates that fear in the market that recession odds have risen. No one likes uncertainty, let alone the financial markets. Investors are really on the border of panicking about what's to come in the near future. You have stocks that are going down, and then you have bond yields that are also plunging, pricing and the fact that we are in for some kind of slowdown, even contraction.
0: And in which sectors? are you seeing as the areas that are affected most?
1: So, we are seeing banks. Banks have exposure to energy companies because they lend to them. The exposure is different for every single bank, but there has been lending going on over the last several years. Also, consumer stocks have been hit very hard because of the demand shock. When you have the threat of coronavirus lingering out there, you don't want to go to the movies you don't want to go to restaurants, you don't want to be in densely populated areas. And that is something that economists have been talking about, is the economy grinding to a halt. So Jen, what, if
0: anything, might reverse or alleviate investor concern at this point?
1: So the markets are expecting more interest rate cuts. We have a Fed committee meeting later this month, March 17th and 18th. Economists are already focusing on a 50 basis point cut, if you can believe it. Another 50 points. Another 50 basis points, yes. And a fiscal package. Investors and economists are hoping for a fiscal package. This is a worldwide issue. It's not just U.S. focused. When I talk about recession, investors and economists have raised the odds of a global recession. That's why you're seeing a lot of uh, safe havens, including cash, gold, treasuries rally.
0: Meanwhile, global efforts to contain the effects of the coronavirus outbreak continued yesterday. All of Italy is now under quarantine. The government is trying to do this to contain the country's outbreak. That's more than 60 million citizens who have been told to stay in their houses, except for urgent health issues or for work. Schools and universities will be closed across the peninsula, and all public gatherings will be banned until April 3rd. The announcement came just a day after Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte announced that the prosperous region of Lombardy would be placed under quarantine. MasterCard's Impact Fund charity, as well as the UK's Wellcome Trust and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, are jointly committing $125 million in seed funding to develop treatments for the coronavirus. They're calling it the COVID-19 Therapeutics Accelerator. The Accelerator will work with the World Health Organization, governments, and the private sector to support the research for a broad-spectrum antiviral drug, as well as a licensed treatment specifically for coronavirus infections. But the initiative warned against expecting too much too soon. And U.S. President Donald Trump says he's proposing a coronavirus relief package. Yesterday, the president said he'd release details of the package today after a meeting with lawmakers. It includes a payroll tax cut and measures to help hourly wage workers. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin says the measure would help target workers who were hit the hardest, and small businesses. And now an update on the relationship between the European Union and Turkey. Yesterday, EU leaders said they would work with Ankara to revive the 2016 migration deal. Under the deal, migrants, including refugees fleeing Syria's civil war, would be turned away from EU borders and be resettled in Turkey. The EU agreed to pay 6 billion euros as part of the program. But last month, Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said he had, quote, opened the gates to Europe and demanded additional financial aid. Mr. Erdogan made an emergency visit to Brussels on Monday, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said she and European Council President Charles Michel spoke, quote, plainly and openly with the Turkish president. Ms. von der Leyen said the two sides would attempt to fill in what she called the missing pieces in the 2016 agreement. And we started the show with markets, now let's end the show on markets and the fallout from the crash in oil prices. When prices plummeted yesterday, it caused global markets to spiral, but it also marked a seismic shift for the oil industry. You see, Russia rejected the proposed production cuts set out by Saudi Arabia and other OPEC allies last week. In response, Saudi Arabia triggered a price war. And as U.S. energy editor Derek Brower explains, Russia's move comes down to a play against U.S. shale.
2: Russia was angry at the U.S. about sanctioning its oil champion and angry at the U.S. because of sanctions over the Nord Stream pipeline and wanted to take on U.S. shale and put it out of business. And that's what's going on. They're going to increase production. Saudi Arabia will have to do the same because Russia is. And there is now a war for market share in the oil market, and oil prices have collapsed because of that.
0: And, Derek, how are U.S. producers and investors reacting to this?
2: U.S. companies so far, well, investors are reacting by selling the shares hard. You look at companies like Occidental, its share price opened 40% down yesterday morning when trading opened after this oil price collapsed. Other producers in the U.S. shale patch haven't suffered quite so much, but we're still talking about you know falls of 30% and so on. Some of them have already said that they're going to start curtailing some of their activity. Diamondback, one of the big producers of the Permian shale, Parsi Energy, they've both said they're going to start um, idling some of their rigs. And you'll expect to see a lot of that in the months that follow. If prices stay where they are, there's going to be a big, big, big slowdown in spending and activity in the U.S. shale patch.
0: And so a lot of these companies have a lot of debt. Derek, how does this affect how they'll operate going forward?
2: Well, as the price goes down, they actually need to keep drilling. And if they don't, then they lose less cash flow, and so they get into a much worse situation. And that's because they have so much debt that they need to service. And a lot of producers are sub-investment grade already with their debt, so it's a huge problem now. A couple of weeks ago, Moody's, the rating agency, put out a survey showing that more than half of the maturities coming due from the U.S. shale sector in the next four years, the bonds belong to sub-investment-grade companies. And as their balance sheets deteriorate, because of the fall in the oil price. As the oil price leads to deterioration of their balance sheets, they're going to have less money to service debt. They're not going to be in a position to access capital markets or go back to uh, bonds to restructure. Their situation just starts to spiral out of control. And this is the real problem for a lot of these companies. Many of them will go bankrupt.
0: And so with that in mind, Derek, how can we expect the next few weeks, few months to go?
2: Well, the first thing we need to watch for is is whether Russia and Saudi Arabia really do want to stick with this market share war, this price war. If they do, and prices remain as low or around about the level that they've struck in the past couple of days, then we see and we'll watch for a, a real slowing down in activity from U.S. shale producers. Because a lot of them hedge their production and because there tends to be a lag between the decisions to deploy rigs and then the production from those rigs, it could take a few months before we see you know material differences in the production outlook. But come the end of the year, we will start to see a drop in U.S. oil production if prices remain where they are. And next year, a lot of analysts are saying the impact could be severe. CapEx will be way down and production will start falling as well. Because the key thing to remember about shale is you have to keep drilling just to hold production steady. So if companies start idling their rigs, production will start falling and falling steeply. You can
0: read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. And one more thing before we go. In yesterday's show, we asked you to take a listener survey, and you really showed up. More than 300 listeners told us what they like about the FT News Briefing and what we can do to make it better. So thank you. And if you haven't taken the survey, please go to FT.com slash Briefing Survey and fill it out you could win a pair of Bose QuietComfort noise-canceling headphones.
1: Join Capital
0: Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.